from Revelation 18. And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich to the abundance of her delicacies. Greetings. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website is scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. I hope all of you are doing well this morning. Honestly, I kind of struggled this morning to decide what, if anything, to uh, talk about on the podcast today. And um, where where I've landed this morning is we're going to read through Revelation 18. Dealing with Babylon the Great. Now, of course, this wouldn't be the first time um, we've worked through these passages dozens of times over the last seven or eight years, and lots of debates about it uh, who is Babylon and those sort of things. And today, I'm not going to really try to uh, make a determination about who. Babylon is, who this mystery Babylon is in the scriptures. I think it's been a couple of things um, since it was written. Uh, but my goal today is just to point out some interesting, uh, to remind us or point out some uh, point out some interesting attributes of Babylon that we can definitely see in our day today. Before I do that, uh, I just want to read a little bit from this article called, this is from the end of the American Dream.com. It's called, Has a State of Collective Insanity Descended Upon America? And I think most of us, we don't even need to read the article. All we have to do is uh, walk down the street or walk into your local grocery or have any kind of interaction with society, and you can clearly see this is the case. Let me just read a little bit about what he says here. I'm not going to read the whole article, but let me just read you the first paragraph or two. Here's what I do. He says, he says, Have you noticed that people seem to be going completely nuts all around us? Of course, there has always been a few people with mental health issues in our society. But these days it seems like some sort of collective insanity has descended upon our entire nation. I was curious and so I decided to look up the dictionary definition for insanity and according to Webster's, the top definition is a severely disordered state of mind usually occurring as a specific disorder. And when I read that I thought a severely disordered state of mind sounds just about right. 
From the White House all the way down, we are witnessing things that we have never seen before. Vast numbers of people in our society can't seem to think straight, and that is a major problem. One of the biggest reasons why so many of us can't seem to think straight is because we are on so many pills. And one of the biggest reasons why we are on so many pills is because we are so deeply depressed. According to a study that was conducted by researchers in New York, an alarming high percentage of our young people are willing to admit having depression within the last 12 months. And then he quotes a study here that says uh, nearly 1 in 10 Americans reported having depression over the last 12 months. Almost 1 in 5 adolescents or youth adults reported the same. But those are actually old numbers. It turns out that the pandemic made our depression epidemic a whole lot worse. And according to the CDC, almost a quarter of all young adults received mental health care treatment last year. So let me just stop right there. He goes on to point out um, the high amount of people on uh, psychotropics and or, you know drugs that deal with the psyche. Here's the thing that I've noticed. First of all, clearly, society has gone mad. But I don't think it's just because of that. It's certainly, that may be the primary cause. But I know very few people who are not taking some type of pharmacia. Right? Like, everybody has been prescribed drugs by their doctor, and everybody seems to need drugs for something. One of the... Well, what I was also going to say is it's not just the pharmacia that's messing up the minds of people, but it's the stuff being sprayed into the sky that we all witness, but most of us deny it's happening and call it a conspiracy, even though you can watch it and witness it with your own eyes. It's the chemicals that make up the food supply. Um, it's the stuff in the water. It's, I mean, the list goes on and on. It's the technology and the manipulation that comes through social media and through the propaganda centers known as mainstream media, which are all bought and paid for, every one of them. So if you think yours is not, you're wrong. It is. They're all, they're all owned by the same people, ran by the same criminals. With the only one goal, and that is to feed you lies day and night, cause you to be afraid and confused and to cause divide. That's the whole purpose of it. It's all lies and propaganda. So you add up all those things, and what you have is a very confused populace, a very um, on-edge populace, a populace that's depressed, a populace that's having mental, mental health issues, all of the above. So then that brings us to, well, I also have to, this is, I also have to say this. One of my biggest frustrations is people will act like this stuff has just always happened. Well, it's just, you know, no. What's it going to take for people to realize that you're living in a very unique time in history? Very bizarre and unique time in history. No, never has it been like this. Everything you're witnessing is not just on a local or national level. It's a global level. The lies, the control, all of it, it's global. 
So when people start, well, this has always happened, or people always thought they were living in the last days, I just want to be like, are you kidding me right now? Are you that blind? Are you that unable to see? Are you that ignorant about history? Yes, things like this have happened in pockets, but never before has it been at this magnitude. The only time you can point to is pre-flood. Right? Like you can go to the flood of Noah. Or you can go to the Tower of Babel with Abraham, I guess. But there's very few times in history where it's been at this magnitude. Where it's everywhere. Let me go to Revelation 18. Again, not for the purpose of trying to guess who it is. Remember, prophecy is not so you know the future. It's so that when it happens, you can say, Ah, I serve a God who dares to predict the future in advance. So we have to be careful making our charts and acting like we know something. But there's some things that are very clear. So let me just read it, and I'll just point out some of these things that I think is interesting. Starting with verse 1, Revelation 18. After these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a habitation of devils, and a hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every clean and hateful bird. I mean, right there. This is how I describe... Now, again, I have to go with what I see with my own eyes. I live in the United States, and I would describe the United States in this way. It's become a habitation of devils. It didn't used to be. Of every foul spirit, every unclean and hateful bird. Verse 3. But if you in other nations that you live in, you could say the same thing, Right? If you live just about in any European country, you can say this. Verse 3, For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. So all the nations are benefiting from this from Babylon's immorality. The kings of the earth are benefiting from it, and the merchants of the earth. This is, this is what's really important that really stands out in our day. The, mer- the merchants of the earth, the businessmen, the corporation owners, they're getting rich, just filthy rich, because of the immorality of Babylon. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sin, and that you receive not of her plagues. I can't read that any other way than a supernatural gathering out. The reason why is if we look at today, you know, when Jesus was warning his disciples about the destruction of Jerusalem that would come. He said, you know, when you see this and this, head for the hills, right? Like, don't don't go back for your jacket. Don't do anything like that. Just get out. 
you know, they could, and he specifically says, flee Judea, right? Like he tells him, he tells him where to flee and where to flee to. And they had that option, right? Well, with Mystery Babylon, number one, it's a mystery. And number two, in our day, you can't just flee. There's nowhere to go. There's no way to even do it. And there's no specific place we're told to go. We're just told to... It just says... And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people. So you be not partakers of her sins and receive not of her plagues. Now we can look at it spiritually, right? Like, don't participate in the ungodliness that's happening. But to me, I, th- I feel like there's something supernatural happening there. I could be wrong. Then he gives the reasons why he needs his people to come out of Babylon. Verse 5, For her sins have reached unto heaven. God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. And the cup which she has filled, fill to her double. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit as a queen, and I am no widow, and I will see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death, mourning, famine. And she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. So what we have here is a picture of Babylon receiving judgment in proportion to how luxuriously and deliciously she had lived. So how she lived so grand through her filth and immorality and the luxury for which she lived under that same abundance she's going to receive twofold she's gonna, so she's going to receive double that in judgment and it's in one it all comes upon it it's a listen this is an event that happens in one day it's sudden destruction. Boom. Just happens. She goes from, I'm sitting as a queen. I will see no sorrow. Nothing could happen to me. Look at me. I'm so great. To boom. Death, mourning, famine. One day burned with fire. That's what the Bible picture. That's what the Bible paints here. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day. Death, mourning, famine. And she shall be utterly burned with fire. Fire, for strong is the Lord who judges her. And you see, this this nation, or I, I, I got to be careful. I shouldn't say nation because that's not necessarily the picture that's painted here. And we'll see that here in a second. But she, Babylon, says in her heart, I sit as a queen, I am no widow, I shall see no sorrow. Like nothing could happen. Nothing could happen to me. Strong is the Lord God who judges her. Verse 9, and the kings of the earth. Okay, so these are leaders of other nations who have committed fornication with her. Okay, so these who these are those kings of other nations who have participated in the immorality and the lies and the deceiving and all that and lived deliciously with her. 
In other words, they've gotten, they've benefited from her, shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. Okay, so there's the important language, which is why I said I need to be careful not to say nation, because what does it say? It says the kings of the earth who've been participating in this, getting rich off of her, are going to see her burning and her torment, and they're going to be like, oh my gosh. Oh no. Look at her torment. Look how bad it is. That great city. What happened to that one? That, that incredible city? What happened to it? In one hour, thy judgment has come. Like you went from all powerful to nothing in an hour. According to scripture here, it's a mighty city. There's a lot of mighty cities over the earth, isn't there? Where the merchants spend their time, the great merchants of the world spend their time. If I were to think again, if I were just to go off where I live, the only city that I can think of that would fit this criteria would be New York City. Which, by the way, happens to have a suburb called Babylon. Happens to have, happens to be the headquarters of the United Nations. And if something were to go down, as what's described here, in a city like that, that would have implications worldwide. Financial implications. Uh, all kinds, of, it would change the entire world. But especially the whole United States would, I mean, it would just be a complete collapse socially, economically, infrastructurally, everything. If, if, that were, if something like that were to happen to a city of that magnitude. Verse 11. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more. What is being said here? What is being said is the merchants of the earth, so all around the earth, are going to mourn because they were getting rich through the consumption of Babylon. Does that make sense? Some merchants all over the earth getting rich because of the consumption of Babylon. Verse 12, the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and, and wood and manner of ivory and vessels of precious wood and brass and iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. Interesting. Souls and the souls of men. I've seen numbers and articles that say that the Super Bowl is the highest sex trafficking event in the world. Or one of. And yet people still line up to watch it, don't they? Verse 14. 
and the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee, and all the things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. So all those things that you, that you all those luxuries are gone. Verse 15, And the merchants of these things, which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. Look, they say it again, like twice, twice in Revelation 18, it makes the point that the merchants around the world will be, first of all, in terror and fear, looking at how horribly she's being tormented. Remember, she's receiving double in torment of the luxury that she lived in. I think about the luxury that 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 we have enjoyed in the United States. Arguably, not parallel, like not not of not a luxury that hasn't been seen by a populace since maybe Rome. Arguably, maybe never, maybe never. Can you imagine double the torment? Of the luxury. But this, in verse 15, it's the second time the merchant of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off from the fear of her torment. And they're weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, the great city. Again, it's a great city. It doesn't say a great nation. That was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. Now, again, just for, this is just for argument's sake. I'm not saying that New York City is Babylon, but if we go back to where God says, come out of her, my people, one could make the argument where well, you could flee New York City. Verse 17, here again. For in one hour, do you see what, the, do you see what it's trying to paint here? It's trying to make sure you understand that it goes from luxury to torment in an instant. Okay? It uses language like you went f- in one day, it's all gone. In one hour, it says that more than once. Verse 17, for in one hour, so great riches is come to naught. And every shipmaster... And all the company and ships and sailors and as many would trade by sea stood afar off. Where's one of the greatest harbors in the United States? Continuing on. And cried when they saw the smoke of her burning. Saying, what city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their head and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, the great city wherein we made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness. And for one hour, there it is again, she is made desolate. I think we get the point, right? When the Bible is just gets to the point where it's downright redundant, it's trying to make sure you understand without any confusion, right? One hour people boom sudden instant one hour you go from luxury 
to hell on earth. That's what, that's the picture it's painting. Now, I've seen commentaries and I, I get what they're saying where they think that this is a Middle Eastern city or even Jerusalem itself. And there's a couple of reasons to, to believe that, um, which I will also point out. One of them is because they cast dust on their heads. You know, that's a practice that wouldn't, would not make any sense to a Western mind. But this was written to an Eastern mindset. So, again, and also sometimes, and many times, I believe that the scriptures have a now and future fulfillment. So if we were to do a now fulfillment when it was written, it could have been Jerusalem, depending on when you put the date of the writing of the Revelation. Many scholars put it around 90 AD, which means that the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD would have already happened 20 years prior. But we're only talking a 20-year debate about the writing, right? They could simply be off 20 years or be wrong, and maybe it was about that. could be about Rome. And then the future fulfillment, well, that's anybody's guess. Everybody has an opinion on that. I just want to point out some of the attributes that I think are important to note. All right. We've, we've gotten the point, Holy Scriptures. It's one hour she's made desolate. Here's what's interesting. Verse 20. What, here's, here's God's view about it. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. So one of the reasons that she's destroyed is not just because she's become filthy and she's de- she's a fornicator and she's deceived the nations and but of her treatment of God's people. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and you apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you. So at some point, Mystery Babylon, if this is futuristic will become a very big problem for the saints to the point where God will avenge his people, the death of his people, as we will see here in a second. We can't ignore this part of it. Verse 21, And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall the great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more in thee at all. And the craftsmen and whatsoever craft be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of the millstone shall be heard no more at all. What's he getting at? Uh, the musicians and all the things that were being done in Babylon. It, it's It's over. You know, like there's not going to be any factories anymore. There's not going to be any musicians anymore. It's gone. Verse twenty-three: And the light of a candle shall shine no more in thee at all. Here's what's interesting: the voice of the bridegroom, who's the bridegroom? That's our Lord Jesus. And of the bride, who's the bride? That's us. Shall be heard no more at all in thee. Like done. No more Jesus. No more God's people. It's over. Why? Verse 23 continues, For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. 
Think about that. Here's something that is different about today versus any other time in human history. The rulers of the world, albeit they may be in the corners and behind the curtains, are the merchants, are the rich men of the world. The owners of these corporations, the owner of these banks, they're the ones who really run the earth. And they're specifically tied to Babylon, according to Revelation 18.23 here. For thy merchants, he's talking about Babylon, were the great men of the earth. Now check this out. For by thy sorceries were all the nations deceived. We've been over this time and time again. The word sorceries there is pharmakia. It's where we get our word pharmaceutical. They used pharmaceutical drugs. If we were to make it about modern times, they're using they're using sorcery to deceive the people. And verse twenty-four, the last verse of Revelation eighteen, and in her was found the blood of the prophets, the blood of saints, and all that were slain upon the earth. It's blaming Babylon for the death of people all over. Prophets, saints, and people all over the earth as a result of Babylon's wickedness and their deception and their lies. Oh, man. Are we seeing this in our day? Has there been ma a mass death of the populace around the world recently that we could attribute to some nefariousness happening at the hands of Babylon? I'm not saying, I'm just asking the question. I'm not pointing fingers at any specific city or nation. Obviously, I've compared some of this to what, I, what I'm familiar with. But there might be other people around the world who live in different places of the world who could, who could see this being about a city near them. Interesting. Well, I'm out of time this morning. And the point of this morning's podcast, I guess, was just to study this and to ponder it and to consider it and to wonder about it. It's okay to have speculations and theories, but be careful about thinking that you know it all. The scriptures say if a man thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing. We, we need to approach these things with humility. I'll say this. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on your people. Jesus says, pray that you be counted worthy to escape all of these things and to stand before the Son of Man. People get mad about escapism, right? Well, Jesus says, pray that you might escape these things. He says, he literally says, pray. Pray that you might escape these things and to stand before the Son of Man. We have some interesting times ahead of us, don't we? But in the meantime, let's be about our Father's business which is spreading the good news of Jesus, spreading the gospel 
furthering the kingdom of God. That's your mission right now. What's my purpose in life? That's it. Obey, fear God, obey his commandments, and share the good news. That's your purpose. Find a way to do that. Thanks for listening, my friends. Thank you for your support and your prayers. Lord knows I need it, especially when I start talking against Babylon. I need that hedge of protection about me, so I ask that you would pray it. Thanks for listening, friends. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.